You've selected a show from the Podcast Jukebox, a DIY podcast network. Hey everybody, this is Andrew Gerza of Disability After Dark, the podcast shining a bright light on Disability Story, and today you are listening to the Handicast 5, a part of Disability After Dark, where I sit down with my sister Heather Morrison, co-founder of the Handy Brand, and we talk about sex, disability, love, lust, everything in between. And we are so excited for you to be back here for this episode of the Handicast. So let's get started. As Heather and I have been working on this sex toy and this project for the last two years, we've run into some really amazing individuals that are really excited that we're doing this, that want to help, that are really, really stoked about the fact that we want to create the first line of sex toys for and by people with disabilities with Handy. And one of the people that we've we've been talking to and kind of had in our orbit for the last couple of years is somebody who does amazing work in the sex tech, tech industry. And her name is Cindy Gallup, and she is our guest today. Let me tell you all about her. Cindy Gallup is the CEO of Make Love Not Porn, and she has spearheaded the social sex revolution as the founder and CEO of Make Love Not Porn, the world's first user-generated, crowdsourced social sex video-sharing platform. They are pro-sex, pro-porn, and pro-knowing the difference. And we sat down with her today to talk about Make Love Not Porn and increasing representation and diversity in the sex tech and sex and erotica industries. We talked to Cindy today about what inspired her to make her brand, Make Love Not Porn. We talk about why representation in the pornographic and erotic space is really important and how certain types of representation around sex sex are lacking, i.e. the disabled representation. And we talk about, um, you know, her wanting to build out her brand to include disabled bodies and all those things and it was a really really fun talk we talk about um so many things with her and her amazing brand make love not porn and so it, it is without further ado that i am so excited to sit down with the powerhouse that is cindy gallup of make love not porn right here on the handicast Cindy Gallup, thank you so much for joining us on The Handicast. How are you today? I'm great, and I'm thrilled to be here. Such a pleasure. We're so excited to have you. Um, we would love to start today by asking you, what inspired you to create your brand, Make Love Not Porn? Can you share with us more about that, how it came to be, and why it's important to you? Sure. So, you know, Make Love Not Porn was a complete and total accident. I never consciously, intentionally set out to do anything I very bizarrely find myself doing now. Um, it came about through my directness and experience dating younger men. The men I date tend to be in their 20s. And realizing through dating younger men, and this was about 12 or 13 years ago now, 
that I was encountering an issue that honestly would never have crossed my mind if I had not encountered it very intimately and personally. I realized that I was experiencing what happens when two things converge. And I stress the dual convergence because most people think it's only one thing. I realized that I was experiencing what happens when today's total freedom of access to hardcore porn online meets our society's equally total reluctance to talk openly and honestly about sex. When those two things converge, porn becomes sex education by default in not a good way. So I found myself encountering a number of sexual behavioral memes in bed. I went, whoa, I know where that behavior is coming from. <laughs> I thought, gosh, if I'm experiencing this, other people must be as well. I didn't know that because 12, 13 years ago, nobody was talking about this. Nobody was writing about it. Right. This was me in isolation as a naturally action-oriented person going, I'm going to do something about this. So 11 years ago, I put up on No Money, a tiny clunky website at makelovenotporn.com that in its original iteration was just words. The construct was porn world versus real world. Launched at TED in 2009, became the only TED speaker to say the words, come on my face on the TED stage. I still do, bizarrely, nobody else has broken that record as yet. Um, the, talk, the talk went viral as a result. And it drove this extraordinary global response to my tiny website that I had never anticipated. Thousands of people wrote to me from every country in the world young and old, men and females, straight and gay, pouring their hearts out. And I realized I'd uncovered a huge global social issue. Yeah. And so that was what made me feel that I then had a personal responsibility to take Make Love Not Porn forwards in a way that would make it much more far reaching, helpful and effective. And so I turned Make Love Not Porn into the world's first and only user generated, human curated social sex video sharing platform. So we are what Facebook would be if Facebook allowed you to socially sexually <laughs> self-express, which it sadly doesn't. We are socializing and normalizing sex in the real world to make it easier for everybody to talk about in order to promote consent, communication, good sexual values and good sexual behavior. We call ourselves the social sex revolution. The revolutionary part is not the sex, it's the social. Yeah. Yeah, and what and what? So, I guess in the last like um, twelve years, what have you seen as a result of being in this industry, but also, um, you know, as a result of sort of doing some of the work you've done, have you started to see that dial shift from from what it was when you started to where you are today? So, so the important thing about that question, Heather, is that I always encourage people never never to ask that question in the passive tense. Because the key thing is that all of this changes when you and I and everyone else make it change. And I don't wait for things to change, I make them change. Yep. So for the past 11 years, I have seen firsthand every single day the enormous human unhappiness and misery caused by the shame and guilt and embarrassment that we imbue sex with. And Make Love Not Porn is my attempt to change all of that. And we have absolutely been making that change over the years. And, um, and I think one, one very important thing to say um, about this, and I, I may, may well have said this to you previously when talking about your own um, business, but um, the, the single most important piece of advice 
that I have to give um, other sex tech founders all the time is this, take yourself out of the shadows. Yes, and what I you say that to us, and we, um, I swear to God, I repeat that in my, that's a mantra of mine now. Good. Like, are you in the shadows? You come out of those shadows. Good. <laughs> Is this too far? No, it's not too far. Keep no, going. Uh, no, uh, no, exactly. Because, you know, for, for your listeners um, to explain, um, you know, um, people working in this area unconsciously internalize, without even realizing they're doing it, society's disapproval of what they're doing in a way that they're negatively impacted your ability to do business and do the kind of business you want to do. And so it's enormously important that, you know, we all take ourselves out of the shadows. In fact, I love to quote in this scenario. Um, uh, many years ago, I was booked to speak at an LA entertainment conference to do the opening session and interview Larry Flint, the founder of Hustler. Yeah, and wow. and so um, before before the conference started, I was in the green room with Larry, and I was talking through the questions I was going to ask. By the way, we got on like a house on fire. Um, in fact, he <laughs> said to me, "We must have lunch next time you're in LA," and so we had lunch together, which was terrific. But but so, so one of the questions I was going to ask Larry was, you know, Larry, you pioneered in an industry where nobody is ever encouraged to pioneer. And I was going to go on and say, you know, what would you say to entrepreneurs today to encourage them to do the same thing? But he stopped me. He interrupted me and he said, you know, I never really thought of myself as a pioneer because I just didn't think I was doing anything wrong. Mm. I love wow. that attitude. Yeah. And, and so that is why I say to everybody working with anything to do with sex, take yourself out of the shadows because... When you concept and design a venture around existing societal bias and prejudice, all you do is reinforce it. I refuse to bow to existing bias and prejudice. I'm out to change it. And the more of us coming at this as, you know, in the way that Make Love Not Porn is socializing and normalizing all of that, the, 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 the bigger the response, because when people see that, that, that we are going, this is all completely open, healthy, normal. Oh my God, the floodgates open. And mm. so I've been seeing that happen more and more over the years. And by the way, the interesting thing is, um, the pandemic is absolutely driving that now. Totally. Because, mm -hmm. you know, the pandemic is, uh, is very interesting for all of us sex tech founders. Um, first of all, the pandemic is proving that what we have historically been saying for years is, is completely not the case. So for years, everyone's been going, the future's digital. It's all about technology, VR this, AR that. Boy, oh boy, has the pandemic ever proved that what we are all desperate for on the other side of this is IRL, physical touch, yep. connection, intimacy, you know, sexual bonding, you know, I mean, I mean, even just that you'll have seen people on social media currently going, I would kill for a hug right now. That Probably. tiny yeah. physical gesture we thought nothing of five months ago. Yeah. You know, and so, and so first of all, this is absolutely making us rethink and revalue everything around sexual connection, sexual intimacy. Yeah. And secondly, what we're observing at Make Love Not Porn is... You know, now the world is in lockdown globally. And, and again, we have a unique phenomenon because we're all in the same situation, you know. Um, we are seeing 
societal barriers around all of this break down because people are becoming much more candid about what you do when you're all at home. You know, people are willing to be much more open about sex in all sorts of contexts. You know, whether it's people like me, I'm single, I've no idea when I'll ever get to have sex again. I'm frustrated as hell, masturbating the shit out of it every night, okay? (laughs) Do you hear me, Andrew? So so we're being very candid about that, being very open about that. Then you have couples in lockdown together who have all sorts of stresses and pressures which are actually impacting their sex life. So they're not feeling like having sex. You have families in lockdown where by necessity, everyone has to get more candid about, you know, teenage sexuality, what your parents do, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And all of that is very good news for us because I honestly see it driving a far greater openness and, and willingness to talk about all of this and to leave the shame behind than ever before. Yeah. Andrew, just curious from your experience, like have you been feeling some of that as well um, from a disability angle and, and obviously overlaying the sex and disability taboo onto things? Yeah, which part? The the need to- Well, I guess like the, the as Cindy was saying before, like the, um, the, the sort of, uh, unintentional sort of feelings of shame as you're starting to just generally as you're working in this space but then also like how are you dealing with pandemic and loneliness and, and lack of touch because I know a lot of times um, you would sort of lean on or rely on sex workers whereas now that's something that's obviously out of um, out of out of reach for you yeah I mean it's been tough I've, I, I'm still engaging them through video chats through like sexy videos they'll make for me which is nice but it's not the same as like mm. I can hire somebody right now to do two hours of exactly what I need to feel better. I can't do that and I can't ask that of them because that puts them at risk and me at risk. So yeah. that's been really tough. It's been, you know, yeah, that, that meme of people saying I would kill for a hug. That's a really, that's a really true, it's a really true feeling that I think many disabled people have felt before the pandemic and will feel now after the pandemic because just because of the ableism. And so it's been tough, but I, I mean, I, I, I do hope there's another side of it soon. <laughs> um, yeah, um, no, I honestly, um, you know, I think the good thing about all of this is that it is absolutely reshaping how we view, you know, relationships, connection, mm-hmm. intimacy, sexuality, in ways that I think um, we all can leverage to help create the world that we want to live in when it comes to all of this. Totally. And like, I think, you know, and just thinking of some of the stuff we've been looking at and talking about recently is like every time we come up to a, a, um, a blockage in something, what's the first thing we say is like, well, fuck that. Let's change that. That's stupid. <laughs> like, how can we make that better change that? I mean, I'm constantly very guilty of putting more balls in the air for us to juggle. But at the same time, the more you work in this space, the more you realize how much work there is to do um, and it, how much. It, it, exactly, Heather. And you have to do that because um, so you know, I'm a great believer that adversity drives opportunity. Yeah, yeah, the the yeah. pandemic, and also, by the way, the Black Lives Matter protests are yeah. ensuring the world will never be the same again. And that is very good news for those of us who are never the status quo to begin with. Yeah. Because yeah. it is only when everything breaks down this utterly and completely, new models and new ways of doing things emerge that never would have been able to emerge otherwise. And so there are two dynamics at play currently. 
There is the dynamic of what the pandemic and the protests are making happen as we speak, which is the breakdown of the old world order. But then there is a dynamic of what each one of us does to seize that opportunity and leverage this moment to make the things that we want to see happen, happen. Yeah, completely, exactly. <laughs> Hooray! <laughs> Uh, wow, well, we're only on question two. <laughs> so <laughs> we, in your work with MLNP, Make Love Not Porn, you really strive for representation of different bodies in the mm. pornographic erotic space. So Cindy, how do you think this type of representation has been lacking? And what steps have you taken to, in your words, to take that out of the shadows? Mm. Sure, no, absolutely. So um, um, now, you know, I created Make Love Not Porn to reflect the full glorious spectrum of human sexuality in the real world. And, um, you know, one point of frustration, I mean, you guys totally know this, but, but, but as you do, we struggle with the ability to find investors and funding. And so we, we are unfortunately very strapped for cash and resources when it comes to what we love to do, which is a lot more targeted community outreach yeah. in order to be able to bring in as full a spectrum of representation as, as we would like. So, you know, I, um, I, mean, I mean, to focus in on the area that you're working in, you know, I have for years been very much wanting to build our Make Disabled Love Not Porn category. Um, and um, at this moment in time, we have um, a wonderful couple, um, James and Tamsin, and James is in a wheelchair, um, you know, to, um, so, so, so they, they are absolutely making amazing, by the way, disabled love not porn. They have a number of fantastic <laughs> videos, but not least because they're in South Africa. And so they're lucky enough to be able to, they're, they're posting videos where they're out in, in the bush, you know, they're staying on wonderful like lodges. And so the scenery is fabulous. That, that's fun. Um, we, um, um, it's very likely, I would say, that we have invisible disabilities amongst our Make Love Not Porn stars, but we very specifically invite people to self-identify in whatever way they wish to. Yeah. We, we, we do not categorize in any way at all. It's entirely up to Make Love Not Porn star. So I can't speak to that any more authoritatively because you know, no one's chosen to you know, identify in, in that way. Um, but um, I continue to put the call out. And, and by the way, I'm, I'm fully aware equally that, you know, there are very obvious um, obstacles and inhibitions for even for disabled people who would like to represent and make love, not porn. You know, you need somebody else to help with the filming and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, I remember um, at one point somebody from... Make love no yes. reached to me and said, we want you to do one. And I yeah. said, this is great, but here are five barriers why yeah. that's hard. And yeah. we, had a, had, we had a whole conversation about how mm. I would love to, but realistically mm. for me to do that on my own as a whole, yeah. I need like four other people actually. So it was, yeah. yeah. And then, exactly. Um, but, you know, I mean, I hope at some point in the future when we have raised the funding we need, we can actually have the resources to facilitate that, Andrew. And, um, and you know, as I explained to people, I think it's critically important. Um, it's not just for representation purposes, but because I believe that able-bodied people would enormously benefit from mm. watching Make Disabled Love Not Born. Without um, question. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah. And like one of the, one of the things we've been hearing as we've been talking to more and more people um, over the last you know year and a half is like what the impact of the lack of representation has on people's sort of feeling of inclusivity, feelings of generating more shame. Feel, you know, we heard a lot from people to, that said, you know, growing up um, being disabled, I was often thought to be either asexual or non-sexual. And then I started having these sort of sexual feelings. I didn't really know who I could talk to. And so where do you go? You, you go online, but I'm not represented there either. And so from a systemic and cultural perspective, you're almost kind of being weeded out through that sort of journey. Um, and then you, you land on porn, which I think, you know, a lot of people are landing on porn and then you're not represented there either. And so it just continues to reinforce those feelings of lack of inclusion, shame, should I be feeling this way? And so, you know, one of the things that we want to do is obviously to start to look at how we can better the education and how we can do even little things to increase representation in all of media, but also specifically when it comes to that sort of sexuality layer. Um, and I just wonder... And by the way, I have a slight interrupt, but, but also, um, you know, um, the, the reason I say able-bodied people would benefit from actually viewing Make Disabled Love Not Porn is not only, obviously, to um, eradicate prejudice and bias, but also because um, you know, in the same way that designing accessibility into the world as a whole creates a better world for everybody, um, able-bodied people seeing um, the need for um, sensitivity and, you know, um, and ensuring that everything works as you would like it to work, quite frankly, um, that doesn't happen enough in able-bodied sex. You know, to, um, to, um, um, and so I actually think Make Disabled Love Not Poor would have a lot to teach able-bodied people about actually the care and consideration that should be brought to sex in totality, not just yeah. in, in situations where, you know, you need to manage around and work with and take account of somebody's specific circumstances. And I mean, I think there are so many different avenues where those types of videos could be shown in not a not a specifically pornographic way but as a tool for education like yes Ooh. they're having sex yes they're fucking yes that's great but also look at how that's being done look at how Ooh. the sling is there look at how the able-bodied partner has Ooh. to help the disabled Ooh. partner and all those things so i think it could really be used as a tool to stop sexual ableism in its tracks really Ooh. Ooh. absolutely Uh, let me just see where we are. Uh, so one of the things that we noticed, or that I've noticed in watching a lot of disabled porn, representation of disabled people in porn is really rare. Usually if we watch a porn with a disabled person and it isn't on your beautiful site, it's usually fetishistic. Mm. And if it is produced at all, it's usually for an able-bodied able audience. How do you think the adult film industry could be more accessible for somebody with a disability, mm. not only for the disabled performer, but also for those disabled people who want to consume the content. Well, well do you know, um, what I think is really important there, Andrew, is what um, um, I've actually been also talking about this for years because, um, you know, when I talk about socializing and normalizing sex, um, one of the things um, I talk about is Make Love and Porn's mission to help with is that, you know, um, 
one day we want to see sex work be as natural a career choice as doctor, lawyer, accountant. You know, completely destigmatized to the extent that any sex worker can use their real name and have no fear of any repercussions. Yeah. And I bring that up in this context because um, what, what would really drive what you would like to see in porn is the ability for the porn industry to welcome in a ton of different perspectives and a ton of different pornographers. And I make this point especially because, um, so, you know, until I can raise um, serious funding to make love, not porn, I'm not able to pay myself a living wage out of it. And so I, I have to support myself alongside by doing paid public speaking consultancy. The, you wouldn't believe the number of times I've been in a corporate scenario, you know, at a conference where I've spoken or whatever. And because I'm the founder of Make Love Not Porn, people come up to me and go, do you know, Cindy, I always wanted to make porn. Okay, um, so, um, so out there, out there are a ton of people who absolutely have a specific creative vision of what they would like to create and seriously would love to create porn and for various reasons um, have run up against barriers. Um, so, so I remember a woman saying this to me, I spoke at, at a tech conference in, in Ireland, in Dublin, and she came up to me and she said, do you know, I really want to start a porn production company, but the laws here in Ireland, I mean, you can imagine Catholic country, you know, just like it, it was incredibly difficult to even contemplate it. Another time in, in the business context, the man said to me, you know, you know, I have this idea, you know, I really want to produce this particular, you know, type of porn that I see missing from the industry. But he had come up very quickly against, you know, what absolutely bedevils us, which is the no adult content clause in every piece of business infrastructure that makes it so difficult to start and operate a business in this area. And so he just wasn't up to kind of taking all that on. But right. um, the, the, the point being, Andrew, that um, um, this all changes when there are more people able to enter the porn industry and make really innovative, disruptive porn um, that, that um, will absolutely celebrate every possible aspect of what turns people on, including non-fetishized portrayals of disabled people, you know? Yep. And, and, yep. and the more, the more we, we make it acceptable to be a por pornographer, and the more we break down those business barriers that make it so bloody difficult to start any business to do with sex, the more people will, 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 will want to and be able to do that. And the more we'll see that individual creative vision present different forms of representation that will be innovative and creative and hot as hell. Yeah. Andrew, you've been in a porn before, right? Yeah, I did. I did a porn a few months ago. Yes, I did. A few months yeah. ago. I thought it was... <laughs> Is that your second? Uh, yes. Okay. Was that during lockdown? No, it was, that was last October, last fall. Yeah. But it, How but did you... How did you overcome some of the barriers that you had when Cindy and Make Love Not Porn first reached out? And what was the experience like for you? I had, the person I was shooting with had brought a friend who held the iPhone and knew how to do shots. And we spent three or four hours sitting together figuring out, okay, well, this scene wouldn't normally be done with a wheelchair. How do we incorporate the chair here? How do we incorporate getting Andrew out of the chair in the sling? while still making it sexy. Like we spent 
we spent an ample amount of time just sitting together and mapping it out, which for me was the most interesting part of the whole experience. Not so much the sex, because I knew him. He, he's my primary sex worker. We know each other. So that part was great and amazing. But it was really nice to sit with him and map it out and figure out how do you include disability here while also making it hot as hell. So, I mean, it was really fun to do that because we don't often get to do that. And, we, and, and Andrew, where is this video um, available to view? Yeah, it's on the Himmer, <laughs> it's on the Himmeros.tv website. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it's, it's on their website. Um, I would direct everybody there because it's great. Terrific. I've just added my brother as a porn star, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Come out of the shadows, Andrew. Yeah, precisely. <laughs> I didn't realize you had done two. That's awesome. Um, yeah, it's it was, and again, I, I did it partially not to be a porn star, but because I knew, like we've been saying this whole interview, that representation was key. Mm. And if I did that, somebody would see that. And as I've said in other in other episodes of, the, of this show and the podcast, I've said like this, doing that, people came back to me and said, "Wow, I've never, I've never seen that before. I've never seen a disabled person enjoying themselves sexually in a porn." Wow, and it was. To, to get that kind of reaction was more important to me than being a star. It meant that it was breaking down that barrier for them. Mm, fantastic. You're sexual being, Andrew? <laughs> <laughs> I know. Shocker. <laughs> Light bulb moment for a lot of people, which is awesome. Um, I had a question that we didn't write down. I wanted to ask Cindy. So you are, we talked earlier about how you're in the higher, um, in the high-risk part of the pandemic right now. How do you see being an older woman and sexuality with Make Love Not Porn? Sure. So, you know, obviously um, I'm completely biased being 60, but, you know, we absolutely celebrate Make Older Love Not Porn um, at Make Love Not Porn. And we hear a lot from older people who are thrilled that we, you know, showcase the fact that your sex life does not fade away the older you get. And in fact, it's yeah. absolutely one of the characteristics of ageism in our society, that, yeah. you know, there's this kind of presumption that older people must not have sex. It's ridiculous. You know, in fact, we, we, we got this very um, touching, moving email from, um, you know, one of our members, a man, um, was having some trouble navigating the site, using the site. And so both I and Ariel Martinez, our community manager, kind of helping him, emailing back and forth. And, and, and he sorted it out. And, and then he emailed us and he said, you know, he said, I just want to thank you so much for the wonderful, normal way in which you've interacted with me. He said, I'm 73. And, you know, people call me a dirty old man because I'm still interested in sex, but I don't see why we, we can't continue to enjoy this wonderful universal human experience, no matter how old we get. And, and he said, I just love your sight and the fact that that's completely natural and normal. And so, um, yeah, I mean, I feel very strongly about celebrating the fact that um, everybody you know, should be able to absolutely continue being their own sexual being, you know, all the way through um, to, um, through their life. And, um, and Make Love Not Porn is absolutely out to reflect that as much as every other dimension of diversity. Fantastic. Yeah, right. And I asked that because, you know, pick up 20 year olds. 
<laughs> I'm going to have to get your notes on how to pick up 20 year olds. Oh, it's very easy. Um, cougar dating sites. I, I applaud the rise of the niche dating site where everyone knows exactly why they're there. <laughs> Sorry, Andrew, you, 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 you were going to ask me something. Oh, that's okay. No, I asked you that because there's such a connection between aging and disability. Do you feel, do you, do you have any, any reservations as you get older if disability becomes more part of your life? Do you have any feelings about that as you build this venture? Mm -hmm. um, you know, um, I think, um, you know, obviously at 60, I observe um, the signs of aging, you know, I mean, um, you know, I now have to wear reading glasses because I can't read um, without them. Um, I'm very fortunate to be in good health. Um, I mean, I suspect, you know, having not left my apartment for the past um, five months, that's, I'm not as healthy as I should be in terms of exercise and so on. But at least, you know, I'm, I'm lucky not to have anything, um, um, you know, to, um, especially debilitating um, at the moment. And, um, you know, um, I think it's very similar to what we were talking about earlier with, with Make Disabled Love Not Porn. Um, I just think that, um, you know, that, that there's something wonderful about, um, you know, as you get older, you need to take account of how somebody, um, what somebody isn't, isn't able to do, you know, um, whether on your own or with a partner. And um, th th that just becomes, again, a wonderful lesson in really empathizing and, and, you know, looking out for and taking care of somebody, which, by the way, is a pervasive theme of Make Love Not Porn. So we, we only introduced our video commenting feature about um, three months ago because we hadn't been able to build it before then. And we are loving the comments that we're getting. And... You know, one of the things that um, our members regularly um, reference when they watch our videos is they say things to a couple like, you know, I love the fact you were checking in on each other all the way through, you know, making sure that each of you was okay with what was going on. And, you know, and that is what everybody should be doing as a fact of life in any form of sexual activity, you know, let alone yeah. a relationship. And so, you know, th that applies even more um, with Make Disabled Love Not Porn, with Make Older Love Not Porn. But that is a demonstration of what we are all about promoting, which is good sexual values and good sexual behavior. Yep. And I hope to, you know, to um, continue reflecting that, um, you know, the older people get, the more we can bring more disabled representation on. All of this is a function, as I said earlier, of what should be happening in every sexual relationship. Yeah, completely. Without question, for sure. Um, I wanted to ask you something else we had written down here, which was, um, we would love to work with Make Love Not Porn and do stuff with you with us and the Handy brand. Is there an opportunity for Handy to team up with you to help disabled people get into making more adult content? Oh my God, absolutely. Um, no, we would, I mean, first of all, obviously, you know, I've said this to both of you before, but I love what you're doing with Handy. I cannot wait to be able to use your products myself. You know, Yay. speaking as somebody whose hand has been known to cramp holding her vibrator in exactly the right position, the right pressure for long enough. <laughs> you know? So, so and, and again, it's the point I made earlier about the more accessible we make the world, um, the better it is for everybody, you know. And, and so um, we would love, I mean, um, so one of the reasons I concepted Make Love Not More 11 years ago was because the number one use case 
for YouTube is how-to videos. Mm. It far outstrips their second biggest use case, which is entertainment. First yeah. and foremost, people go to YouTube to watch how-to videos for anything and everything. I concepted Make Love Not Porn to be the go-to global hub for how-to videos on anything and everything to do with real-world sex. And okay. so in many ways we are, but what this also offers, obviously, is the opportunity for product demonstration, the way a number of products really need to be demonstrated. And so we would love to partner to, and, and, and uh, I mean, the important thing obviously about us is that we are, we're not porn, we're not amateur, we are social sex. So yeah. social sex videos are simply about doing what you already do on every other social platform. Yeah. Capture what goes on in the real world as it happens spontaneously in all its funny, messy, awkward, comical, ridiculous, wonderful humanness. So, so this, this would be about, you know, actually, I think the interesting thing would be, you know, to get people to video themselves using Handy for the very first time, you know, because we are about the warts and all approach. Oh, what is yeah. this? How does it, oh, oh whoa! Or <laughs> 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 how it plays out. But, but, but we would love to have Make Disable Love Not Porn with Handy, you know, videos on Make Love Not Porn, absolutely. Amazing. Well, definitely... You go, Andrew. Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, we'll definitely make that happen. We're about six weeks from having um, our first prototype, which is very exciting. Oh my God, how exciting. Uh, I know. And we'll um, definitely at that point when the designs are a little bit further, we'll, we'll give you a sneak peek. Um, but it's getting a lot more real. Um, but I think I just wonder in advance. And so we're aiming to sort of ship it next May, but probably do pre-sales and the unveiling in advance of that. Mm. Um, I wonder too, like in the, in the meantime, if there's a way for us to, because we've been having all these conversations and we know there's a lot of people in the community really passionate about wanting to change that representation. Mm. And even people who have said, we've got the equipment, like we'll shoot them. Um, you know, how can we help you to increase that uh, and build out? that sort of um, disabled section um, on the site and how can we start to drive more people there and give it a little bit more um, love with you? Oh, oh my God, I would, I would love you to do that. I mean, I mean, absolutely, you know, send people to us. Um, you know, we can, um, you know, put together whatever you need to kind of help that process. I, I would absolutely love that. Awesome, because it sounds like, Andrew, given that you've done this a couple of times and, and just listening to the process you took the most recent time in terms of how to map things out and things to think of, um, we might actually be able to start putting together um, how-to kits in terms of actually helping people who want to become um, porn stars themselves. Um, um, now, uh, make love, not porn stars, okay? Yeah, um, exactly. And again, we're, we're not porn. And so um, what, what we, we look for is you know, the difference is um, not performative videos. Mm -hmm. um, th this is you um, doing what you do generally. An actual expression of sex versus yes. uh, yeah. playing to the camera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. You know, our tagline at Make Love Not Porn is pro-sex, pro-porn, pro-knowing the difference. Yeah. And so, and, and so it is important that, that, that it is what you would do normally, you know, and, and obviously you do need help and you need somebody filming, but, 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 but it's very much about this is the real you, you know, enjoying yourself the way you would, um, it, whatever way that is. So you might see Andrew giggling a lot during the porn, because if that... <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> what? exactly. You know, and, and by the way, Andrew, you know, um, 
again in line with our general principles of approach to making love at porn, this is what actually makes it even more reassuring to people. Because, for example, you know, one of the great things about real world sex, which is what we showcase, we always say if porn is the Hollywood blockbuster, we're the documentary, you know. Um, so, so, for example, we have videos where, you know, a couple um, decided that they wanted to kind of role play, you know, and they thought that they'd video it to make love at porn. So they, they do this role play and then halfway through, one of them goes, you know what, not really feeling it. The other one goes, yeah, let's stop this. Let's just have sex. You know? and, and actually, um, that's very reassuring to, to our members viewing because, you know, it means, um, you know, it doesn't always have to work. If it doesn't pan out yeah. the way you thought it would, totally fine. Drop it. Just have fun, you know, and, and that, that's just, um, you know, a level of reassurance that, you know, not everything works for everybody and whatever you want to do is fine. Yeah, I yeah. can send, I'll send you a copy of the one that I shot and you'll see the difference. I was trying to play to the camera. I was trying to play, to, mm. and so was the other partner I was with. We were playing to, we were playing a scene and we were playing characters yeah. and that felt, I had fun and it was fun to mm. do that, but also it was like, this is not entirely what I would do. If it were no, right, if no, I were exactly, exactly. Yep, and, 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 and we are all about, I mean, we, we do a lot, you know, we help provide tips and tricks about how to forget about the camera, you know, um, just because we absolutely want, um, you know, um, this is what happens in the real world. And, mm. you know, that is what everybody wants to see as well. The reason amateur is the biggest growth sector in porn has nothing to do with porn. It has everything to do with the fact that everybody wants to know what everyone else is really doing in bed and nobody mm. does yeah. until yeah. now when that make love yeah. porn, we're showing them. Yeah. <laughs> it's so awesome. It's fantastic. Um, the last thing we wanted to ask you, I think on our list here was um, if there was one thing to leave the disabled community of listeners with based on your experience with love, with making love porn within the porn industry, what is the one thing you would say to them? I think, um, you know, um, um, what I would say to the disabled community out there is, uh, and again, this um, this is what I say to uh, about um, uh, everybody make love and porn as a whole. But um, honestly, you know, um, first of all, um, real world sex is more amazing more innovative, more surprising, more wonderful, more powerful than porn will ever be. And, and our mantra at Make Love Not Porn, and, and this is because, you know, we celebrate real world everything. We celebrate real world bodies, real world hair, real world penis size, real world breast size. And, and, and by the way, the reason that's important is because you can talk body positivity all you like. You can preach self-love till you're blue in the face. Nothing makes you feel great about your own body. Like seeing people who are nobody's idea of aspirational body types getting turned on by each other, mm. desiring each other, having a bloody amazing time in bed. Our mantra is everybody is beautiful when they're having real world sex. And they really are. And, and, and that is what I would like to leave the disabled community with. You know, we would love you um, in whatever way you can to share your real world sex on Make Love Not Porn because everybody is beautiful. You are beautiful when you're having real world sex. 
Well, yeah, we're going to yeah, make that happen as much as, like, we're going to drive that. So get ready for an influx. <laughs> <laughs> um, and just so people know, if they're listening, how can they, if they've been inspired to reach out to you after hearing this, how, where can they go to do that? Sure. So, um, so first of all, you know, you can find us at makelovenotporn.com. Um, you can, you can also, by the way, find me and Make Love Not Porn on Twitter, <clears throat> at Cindy Gallup, at Make Love Not Porn, on Instagram, at Cindy Gallup, at Make Love Not Porn. Our Facebook page is MLNP TV. Um, I'm on Facebook, I'm also on LinkedIn. And feel free to write to me, Cindy at MakeLoveNotPorn.com. That's just so great. We'll make sure that's in all, in all the show notes so people are driven there. And Sweet. I'll say it again. As I'm doing the outro and stuff and everything, I'll be good to go. But this was so fantastic to sit down with you. Did you have any questions for us? Anything you wanted to say before we let you go? Um, no, just um, I am so excited about what you're doing with Handy. You know, um, I think this is going to be a huge innovation and disruption of the sex toy market as a whole. And so I cannot wait for Handy to be out there. I'm very excited. Yay. Thanks so much, Cindy. This has been so good. So great to chat to you. Yeah, so fantastic. Thank you so much. Well, everybody, this was episode five of the Handicast with our very special guest, Cindy Gallup of Make Love Not Porn. Thanks, friends. Oh, disability. <laughs> Do you say that in the porn? <laughs> I wish. Um, and, uh, no. Friends, wasn't Cindy, wasn't our interview with Cindy just incredible and amazing? And it was so great to sit down with her and talk with her about Make Love Not Porn, about how she wants to increase representation of disabled people in Make Love Not Porn with Make Disabled Love Not Porn. So many cool things happening. And I loved doing this handicast. And Heather and I loved doing this and sitting down with her. And she's such a legend. Holy wow. And guess what? The lovely people that make Love Not Porn and Cindy and her team have decided to give you, Handicast listeners, 50% off a Make Love Not Porn subscription. So yay! Let me give you that code right now. If you go to makelovenotporn.tv slash handy, you will get a 50% discount off a subscription to Make Love Not Porn. And there you can see really awesome real-world sex that's pro-sex, pro-porn, and pro-knowing the difference. So we're so excited to be partnering with Make Love Not Porn and Handy. It's such a great collaboration, and we're thankful for their stuff. If you want to be a part of an upcoming Handycast, let us know by emailing me at andrew at the Handycast... At, sorry, andrew at... That's handy.co. And let me know you want to be a part of the show. Um, this has been the Handycast Episode 5 with our very special guest, Cindy Gallup. Thank you so much for listening. And you can follow our work at www.thatshandy.co. Thanks, friends. Bye.